Hello everyone, welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson. We are on episode 20, the very best one yet. Uh, welcome to December. I have a special guest on today, and without further ado, I will introduce her, Taylor Morrison. She is a founder, self-care facilitator, brand and culture builder, lives and works in the Chicago area, and overall great person to have on our show today. So welcome, Taylor. Woo, woo! <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, and I thought you'd be a great example, or you're basically living the daily grind in and out, so I think it fits great with our podcast theme. Yeah, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, like who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Taylor Morrison. I'm based in the Chicago area. I live on the north side of Chicago, and... I own a company called Inner Workout. It's a mat-based self-care practice that helps people build the skill of self-care. Um, I also have a podcast of my own called B-School, B-E-School, where this year it's been a daily podcast that is sharing like my journey of learning, of learning and growth. Next year it's going to go to twice a week, and then I also do some strategies. So just have a few things going on. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so cool. It's great to have a fellow podcaster on uh, the Daily Grind. We had uh, listeners in the past remember Tyler Larson. He had his own trail, uh, snail trail four by four. But Taylor, on the other hand, uh, maybe we can go right into your podcast. So, what? How did you become inspired to podcast and also uh, have episodes on a daily basis? Yeah, um, I got inspired to podcast because I been listening to podcasts for, man, like over 10 years ago. I remember the first time I listened to a podcast, it was on my friend's bringing an iPod, and it was This American Life, which is still one of my favorite podcasts to listen to every week. And once I found This American Life, I started finding more and more podcasts, and eventually I decided that I wanted to start one of my own. I had tested out a couple last year. And then ultimately, as I was coming up with, like, my word of the year, I ended up with three. But one of them was consistency, and it felt like having a really short and sweet daily podcast would be a good way for me to build this skill of consistency and having to show up even when I didn't necessarily feel like it. And it's been really good for me. I feel like I've grown a lot, and um, it's fun to get to share what I'm learning in real time. That's that's great. You mentioned the American Life, so I just I just started listening to a series on like the Gimlet and the startup and everything um, with the same host. So it's it's interesting where podcasting takes you and people you meet yourself uh, for the daily grind and what you do outside of it as well. So that's a really really great inspiration out there. And your other other uh, startups, maybe we'll transition transition to that. Um, inner workout. So how how did you come about starting that up? Yeah, inner workout really came to be because I have I work a lot, and it's just probably not surprising to the people listening as I'm like trying to describe what I do. And 
I eventually realized that burning myself out a lot and had to really figure out what self-care looked like for me. And I um, decided that I would start practicing self-care. And that for me, the definition I used is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And originally, I started out by taking a bubble bath on a Sunday night and trying not to look at my phone or laptop after that. And it really grew into me exploring more and more. And eventually, I thought, like, why is there not a self-care class? Like, why is there not a 60-minute class that I can go to, like a yoga class or a Pilates class, but instead of being focused on, like, just toning my body or even with yoga, a lot of times you get into more of a meditative state, but you're still really focused on what you should be doing. What if there is a class that allowed you to really figure out what you need at the moment so you could take that skill off the mat. And that's really how Inner Workout came to be. So it's been fun to build and grow it and explore. Mm-hmm. That's really great. You had your aha moment after a bubble bath. <laughs> Starting Inner Workout, to be let's backpedal. Did you take classes? Did you college or um, go to different networking events or community related? Like, how did you gain the skills of entrepreneurship and um, gain the confidence to build it to where you are today? Yeah, I've always kind of been entrepreneurial. So, if you talk to my parents, like ever since I was a kid, like my friends and I, like we might put together a show and then I'd like make all our parents pay for tickets or. If I was going to be a babysitter, then I wanted to get, like, Red Cross certified babysitter so I could put that on a babysitting resume and, like, really set myself apart. I've always been that kid. And so, and, and I also really love to learn. So if there's something that I'm interested in, I'm going to learn the market, I'm going to research, I'm going to see what's out there. And so, within a workout, I grew up doing ballet. I also have practiced yoga, and I used to work at a health and wellness startup that does something really different, but still gave me exposure to that world, and I was able to kind of see, okay, there's there's an opening in this wellness fitness space to have something that's not so focused on, like, calories or, like, burning fat or whatever, and it's really focused on, like, practicing self-care for the sake of self-care and so skill-wise I think it was it's been like my whole life coming of learning things and testing them out and freelancing and starting different things and just having this kind of like entrepreneurial drive forever. That's that's really great like how you tied in a lot of your different life events or experience and uh, various activities and then even your health and wellness background to uh to kind of grow 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 your business for inner workout let's say the listeners out there if they're if they're interested in um pers- like learning more about the the format of this like how do how do new people come and come and find you are you more um like on e-commerce or you do more serve more people in the chicago area yeah so both so there are live classes in chicago that happen um at partner places around the city so at the end, when I share the website, you can go explore. And then there's also mm-hmm. an online class series that anyone can purchase, and you can get it on demand and watch it whenever you'd like. That's that's great. So, yeah, you can serve multiple people, and you basically took a problem that you saw, pro- problem that you saw, and you solved it. 
which is great. Do you still, are you still in contact with other people that have influenced you or like your family and friends? Have they been pretty supportive through your entrepreneurship process? Yeah, um, my family and friends have been super supportive and helped me think about things in different ways and also helped me like not think about work sometimes. If my husband feels sometimes I have to like shut my laptop and be like, we're hanging out right now or you're going to read a book or do something else. Um, so it's that balance of being supportive and believing in me, but also knowing when they have to encourage me to practice self-care by not thinking about work all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, too, you mentioned, like, burnout. Do you try to find, do you have, like, how do you balance between, like, you work, because I'm assuming you are you work outside of the typical nine-to-five business. Like, how do you find, like, a cutoff period, or do you find time for yourself, or what's, like, the best, like, what's, like, the best practices for you and then maybe for people out there, too, that have their own business that are looking to find that balance? Yeah, this is something that, is constantly evolving for me, and I, I started a self-care company because I'm not good at self-care, so I'm really aware of my need for self-care, but I don't always execute on it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to figure out what hours work well for me. Um, something that I've been doing that's been really helpful lately is I, I write what I call a get-to-do list, and I like calling it a get-to-do rather than a to-do because there's just like a different energy around getting to do something and it reminds you like this is a gift this is a life that I'm building these are all things that like I get to do versus like this is my to-do list this is what has to get done today it like it feels different so I do a brain dump early in the week of everything that I get to do that week and that's been really helpful for me because sometimes if I'm like I have an in-person meeting or I have a phone call and I have a little bucket of time before I have to go into something else. Having the get-to-do list that I can return back to and say, okay, I've got 20 minutes right now. What on this get-to-do list is a 20-minute task versus spending 20 minutes on Instagram or spending 20 minutes reading some article or watching something on YouTube? So that's really helpful for me to really maximize my day. Another thing that I try to do is on the days that I'm working from home and not in a co-working space, just making sure that I, like, either I was really close to a grocery store, so I'll walk to the grocery store to get lunch or take my dog for a quick walk. But something where I'm just not staring at a screen, even if it's only for 10, 15 minutes, is a helpful way to break up my day. Um, and then I just I try to be aware of how I schedule meetings, and it doesn't always work out the way that I like. But being aware of how I... Um, how I chunk up my time because I can have days where I'm like in meetings and then you have to work at night because you didn't really get anything done in the meeting. If nothing else, you added more tasks that need to get done because you have to now introduce someone to someone or you have something to research because someone mentioned an interesting idea. So trying to be better about meeting on certain days or at certain times is also helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really great points, like planning ahead um, for for the whole entire week and then also maximizing the most or focusing even on those the less than 30 minutes or a couple minutes here and there, you're able to maximize what you get out of that time versus just people get in the zone of just going on their phone and searching things or just randomly, <laughs> just mindlessly, mindlessly um, just finding time to relax somehow. Taylor, do you 
I'm assuming your day is different every day, but do you have like, would you want to share like what, what's like on a typical day or a couple days a week or what you see, like what your general schedule kind of looks like? Yeah. Yeah. I can try. You're mm-hmm. totally right. Yeah, My yeah. days are all different, <laughs> but, um, overall I'm a bit, I feel like it's such a gift that I, for the most part, don't have like specific things I have to do at certain times. And so I let myself wake up naturally, and it just happens that because it's darker in the winter, I tend to wake up later in the morning in the winter and early in the summer, but I wake up naturally, and I tend to spend probably anywhere between, like, 15 minutes and sometimes closer to 45 minutes an hour, just, like, being in bed, like, my husband normally asleep, but just, like, cuddling with my dog and my husband, thinking about my day trying not to look at my phone first thing in the morning, but sometimes I'd go to. Then normally I'm, like, up, walking my dog, maybe listening to, like, a news podcast eventually, trying to move my body, get something, whether it's, like, a smoothie or lately in the winter I've been making a lot of sweet potatoes for breakfast, but get some, like, fuel, and then I like to start going. Um, And it's really just, Going back to that get-to-do list, understanding what my priorities are for the day, and then hacking away at that. On any given day, I could be working on a client project. Um, I do also have a part-time job, so I could be working part-time. I work in marketing and business development for, like, a kind of a, a tech engineering firm. And so I... Like, working with them on a proposal and I have to hop on a call with one of our partners. So that's always something that I have to be aware of too in the mix. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at what the priorities are and it can be anywhere between like three things that I need to get done in a day that are pretty major or like eight little things that have to get done in the day. There's like a meeting and then I need to fix something on a website and then I need to tie a bow on a proposal and just kind of trying to keep myself it on track. Mm-hmm. I love listening to podcasts. So most of the time I have podcast or music on in the background. If I'm doing something like really, really chill or I want to be a little self-indulgent, I might put a TV show on the background. Like the other day I was doing like bookkeeping. So I just had a cheesy Christmas movie on the background as I was doing bookkeeping because that's something I get to do. Um, And then sometimes I'll I'll go to meetings. I have a membership at a co-working space, so I might go there or meet somewhere, someone at a coffee shop. And then in the evening, normally at least a couple of nights a week, I have some type of event that I need to go to. And then I, I try to be in bed by 10, but lately, honestly, I've been going to bed closer to 11 or midnight, mm-hmm. and I normally fall asleep listening to a podcast. It helps me, like, give something for my mind to focus on, so I'm not going crazy thinking about everything that I might have to do or thinking of ideas. It's like, let me just focus on this story, and that helps me fall asleep. So that's kind of my my day with a really broad brush stroke but there's so many nuances that can happen in any given day Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's a great snapshot, like how you um how you start off your morning naturally, and then how however the day goes by. Key thing you mentioned there too for our daily grinders out there, uh, prioritize. So being able to uh, prioritize what you want to get out of that day, and then also uh, staying on track too throughout your day. And too, I I do like that you touched on you want to have uh, some sort of I guess like a treat or something that like it's a great it's great motivation. It keeps you motivated throughout the day, and too with um. You mentioned, do you tra- do you travel a lot for your for your own business, or even for your part time job, or you more or you work remotely? Yeah, so I primarily work remotely. So I work either from home or from a co working space in Chicago. So that's nice. I don't have to travel all the time. I will sometimes travel for speaking engagements or for conferences, but that's pretty rare. So. Mm-hmm. It's looking like next year my travel schedule might pick up some more, which will be, that'll be a whole other learning curve for me if I'm traveling really regularly. But right now it's probably like once, maybe twice a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad. And then, yeah, you mentioned co-working space. Do you, when you go to the co-working space that you go to for your meetings and and to work, do you see other self-starters uh, in those spaces? What's like the trend yeah, so I work out of The Wing, which is a space that's primarily for women. And the people who are there during the day either work remotely or are freelancers or have their own business. So it's a, a really nice ecosystem of people who I can relate to in some way, whether it's that we're relating on the fact that we both work remotely or we both have our own businesses or whatever, or we just, like, are excited to be in a space with other women doing cool things. Do you do you see, too, as a woman, female entrepreneur, do you see the trend over the years has been more women getting to, into business? And do you have any uh, perspective for uh, the trend in the future? Yeah, I don't know that I would say, like, more women have gotten into business, but I'm sure there's statistics around that that we could look into. I've always surrounded myself with other women who are ambitious, whether it's, like, one of my roommates in college was, um, like, writing screenplays and also writing a novel and having friends who, like, start their own businesses and do really interesting things that um, that's just kind of been, like, the people... I tend to be friends with people who are, like, doing cool things. Um, and that also includes having businesses sometimes. So even when I came back from college, because I originally grew up in Oak Park, I went to college at Vanderbilt in Nashville and then moved to the city after I graduated. And I kind of fell in with a group of people who were entrepreneurial. And so to my view view is like, oh, weren't women always in business? Like all the, the women that I associate with, whether they're my age or older, not all of them, but a lot of them have their own thing going. I think that just in general, I wouldn't say necessarily entrepreneurship, but small business ownership or the, the gig economy is just going to make it that more people are their own bosses because trying to say this like in an optimistic way but in general like large companies don't necessarily want to pay full-time employees anymore especially if they're doing stuff where they could um really market off as like 
this could be a contractor role because we're specifically asking them to do this type of project-based work. So I think the economy is moving towards more people working for themselves, and I know there's some flashy statistic on that that I don't know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be kind of on this like earlier edge of figuring out what I want working for myself to look like. And it's been really nice, honestly, for me to be exploring that as I have a part-time job so that I still have, like, a little bit of chance of having a steady paycheck, but I also have a ton more freedom than I did when I was working full-time and pretty much total autonomy over my schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, your background, too, what I was trying to do as much research as I could, because uh, you did come from have, being just solely full-time employee, but now you have... You have your own business and you're also working part-time. Is there any, like, challenges that you faced since now? Yeah. Um, where to start? There's so many challenges. There's so many highs and lows of any type of journey like this. I think that one of the biggest challenges is just, like, trusting myself to do it. It was really scary, but what happened was I wrote a list of, like, the things that I felt, like, would need to happen in order for me to quit my full-time job, and it was like, have a certain amount of money savings, have a part-time job lined up, and there's one other thing, and I looked it up, and I was like, well, I actually do have that much in savings, and now this mentor that I thought, or this person that I met that I thought was going to be my mentor ended up offering me, like, my dream part-time job, so I just am, I, I, feel really thankful that it happened that way. That being said, some of the challenges were when you're in a full-time job, to some extent, even if you're in an autonomous full-time job, you're accountable to other people for your schedule. And now it was like, oh, I have so much free time. What do I do with all of it? It was also challenging. A big thing that's been challenging to me, and I think it's challenging for a lot of women, is like actually charging what I'm worth. Because before any business stuff that I did, it was, like, extra money that went to savings or went towards, like, splurging on something that maybe I wouldn't normally splurge on. But then when you switch, it's like, oh, no, this is, like, actually money that I'm depending on as income. And the prices that I was charging before when it's extra money aren't going to translate to the prices that need to happen in order to make a living. So that was definitely a challenge. It continues, like... Mm-hmm. My husband and my mom are constantly being like, are you sure you charge what you were worth on that contract? Because you know how you like to undercut yourself. So they're constantly like challenging me to charge more and more and, and supporting me in that. Um, I'm trying to think of other, other big challenges. I think a lot of just like trusting myself. Mm-hmm. When you are the CEO, you're the CEO, and you make the decisions for your business, even if you're the only full-time employee of your business. And so learning to trust myself as I was making decisions and choosing to pivot or expand in certain ways, that was and continues to be a challenge. It's something that's scary. Um, mm-hmm. Also just like putting myself out there and having to network in different ways. In the past, I used to kind of be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to post about it once and maybe you'll remember and then I'll never talk about it again. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how you grow a business. That's not how thought leadership. And so having to actually keep showing up, um, was a challenge, but it's something that's like 
if this is where you want to go, Taylor, then you will actually have to put yourself out there. So I think those were kind of the, have been the major challenges over the way, mm-hmm. or, or along the way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for listeners out there that are kind of in between, like, they're currently a full-time uh, position, but they they have an idea that they want to start up, but they're kind of in the middle point of pursuing that or idea or going farther with it? Do you have any, like, when you had the, when your first, like, I guess, aha moment, advice to give to those those listeners out there that they're kind of in that middle part? Yeah. So, I think... For me, something that I like to talk about a lot is, like, taking the best next step, because I think we can get really caught up in, like, this is where I want to be in five years, or this is where I want to be in 20 years, or this is how I want to retire, and it can be so far away from where you're at with your full-time job, or where you're at with your business, or you're, like, self-making two sales a month, or whatever it is. And so for me, saying, like, what is the best next step that I could take? Like, I know that big vision that I want to take seems light years away, but what is the baby step I can take to get me there? That's really helpful. And those little best next steps add up. So it can be something little like, I'm going to send that person that email. Like, they always thought I could reach out, and I haven't because I feel like they didn't really need it. So I'm going to send them that email. Or... I'm going to decide to spend 30 minutes a night working on this. Or I'm trying to think of other other things. But you get it. Like, mm-hmm. there, it's not necessarily something monumental, but it's those little things that snowball because you send that person that email and then they want to meet with you and then maybe they become your client. Or maybe they introduce you to your biggest client. Or maybe they give you some incredible feedback that helps you rework your business plan. And all of that happened from one little action that you took. Mm-hmm. That's really that's a really good point. Like a lot of small things add up to something big, and you just gotta take action on it. Did you see yourself coming out of college where you are today? Um, not exactly, but ish. Like I, I started dating my husband in my senior year of high school, and I told him sometime during college, like. If by the time I'm 30, I'm still working a full-time job, and we're still together, you have to make me quit. And I'm not 30 yet. I'm only 27. I'm just, am I? Yeah. I just had a birthday, so I'm like, how old am I? Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I still got a ways to go, but, like, I knew even back then that, like, I didn't want to be working in corporate forever, and I also knew about myself that I could get really comfortable in it. So I didn't know exactly what I would be doing, but I did know that it wasn't going to be sitting in the corporate office for too long. That's that's great. Yeah, you you uh, were very goal oriented, and you you achieved that goal and exceeded it too. Accomplished a lot of stuff so far in your career. I guess maybe transitioning more towards uh, the second part of what I introduced you introduced you on as a brand and culture builder. Do you want to? Tell the listeners a little bit more about um, that that part of your background. Yeah. Um, so, kind of how I mentioned, I've been starting kids or starting businesses since I was a kid, and for a long time, I thought it was that I wanted to start the businesses, and I really liked like the researching, the brand building, that piece of it was like what really interested me, and I realized that that could 
few jobs that I need for myself. So I didn't actually study branding in school, but I launched my branding company my senior year of high school and started getting clients working on different aspects of their brands, whether that was helping them just with like coaching or helping them um, build strategies, sometimes executing on the strategies and tactics. And yeah, throughout all of my full-time work, I normally had one or two clients on the side doing some branding work. And for me, a brand is just every interaction that you have with a stakeholder or a potential stakeholder. So for a company, that might be someone who might buy your product or someone who's already bought your product. For a personal brand, that might be someone who could hire you or someone who might be a collaborator with you on a project. That's what I mean by stakeholder. It looks different depending on different organizations. Um, so I had been doing that for a while and really enjoyed doing it. And what I realized that was that as I was working with clients, a lot of times would come up with ideas for their brand and things that they could put into motion. But if we're choosing between two good things, we didn't necessarily have a stake in the ground to make that decision. And that's when I started to get really interested in mission, vision, and values. Because those are the things that help you make decisions. If you're thinking, okay, we could take the brand in this direction, or we could take the brand in that direction, and objectively they both seem nice, but then you put your mission, vision, and values like a litmus test, more often than not, you'll be able to choose one brand over the other because one will be more aligned than the other is. So um, I started doing that work, and then the culture pieces, because culture are kind of like the living, breathing representation of your brand. And when I worked in corporate, I worked um, at Allstate in their headquarters, and one was employee value propositions for making sure Allstate lived up to the promises it made to its employees about what it would be like to work there. And then I actually came back to work at Allstate a second time at a startup of theirs called Arity, and I worked on the culture team there. And again, it was about really building out an experience where people wanted to show up to work and they wanted to bring their best to the company. And there's a lot of overlaps between brand and culture. They're both rooted in mission, mission, and values. And when you're doing it well, the brand is like what you're saying things are and how it should be and the experience that you're building. And then the culture is actually how it shows up and when it works out, they're mirror reflections of each other and they're informing each other. But sometimes they're not. And you say that your one of your values is honesty and then you have employees who are being dishonest and that's like a misalignment or you as a brand say that you like really care about diversity but then when you look at your culture you're either not diverse in like the type of people there or you're not diverse in background or in ways of thinking and so brand and culture ideally for a company to thrive should be aligned but most companies tend to have kind of some area where they're, they're not overlapping and they need to work on it. 
Mm-hmm. It sounds like you deal with a lot or you have experience in various uh, businesses and organizations in uh, ranging from brand purpose building to strategy, brand creation, development, the operations and systems. Do you have a specific area or like industry that you help or serve with or you kind of just like across the board take it by case by case client by client situation or do you feel like you specialize in a certain area? Yeah, so right now I don't do a ton of branding work since I'm mostly focused on the inner workout. Um, but mm-hmm. when I do work with brands, I like to say that there are brands that are at some type of inflection point. So it could be they're a brand that's just starting out, and those are always fun because it's like you have a clean slate and you can build a good foundation from the beginning. Sometimes it's brands who, for whatever reason, need to rebrand. And so I'll work with them on that. Um, and then sometimes it's they, they're they realizing they kind of need like a spot treatment. Like we have this brand, we feel like it's showing up really well on the way that we reflect in our website and on social media, but the way that we're engaging on email or the way that we're engaging with employees doesn't necessarily work. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I how I've approached it and it's not really about industry for me because like I said I love to learn and when I look at the industries that I've worked in I started working in insurance and then I worked in health and wellness and then I worked in insurance but a subset in telematics which is a lot about like location intelligence and then now I work for this like GIS which um, geographic information systems which has a location portion of it, but is uses a lot of different terminology. And then clients that I've had have been like such a range of industries. So I just have learned a lot about different industries. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool too, because when you can pull on something from one industry that seems completely different, but you get an insight there and then you can apply it to the beauty industry, then it seems really innovative as the beauty industry and there may be efficiencies or differentiation that you can create by pulling in something from a different industry. And I feel like by me not focusing on a single industry, it makes it more fun for me, but it also allows me to bring in different insights that maybe a person who's only hung out in one industry wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to touch on you have such a well-rounded background with the client work that you've done that I think, and you even just touched on it right now, I think that definitely helps for the better in uh, the different groups that you work with and some things over some of the problems overlap or they have similar things that you can apply but actually is more efficient or can optimize their strategy and whatnot. Would you say your client work too that you've done has helped uh, grow or just in general you can apply that skill set to inner workout? Yeah, I think that it's definitely informed how I approach building inner workout to seeing what other companies have done that's worked well and hasn't um, has definitely given either helped me not make mistakes that I've seen other companies that I've been in make or um kind of given me like a shortcut or a cheat code so to speak 
even with a like with branding like inner workout um did you t- do you take your client experience as well to help help build your brand yeah i definitely did my husband's actually a designer and so i normally run things past him or i can do a pretty good job at design but i actually worked intentionally with another designer that wasn't one of us building the brand and i had a pretty clear sense of what i wanted it to be and i brought myself through some of the processes that I bring my own clients through. So it was definitely helpful in knowing how I wanted to build the brand, but it also made it hard too in a way because it's hard to be your own client. So I had to have a lot of conversations with people to bounce things off of them to get out of my own head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense too. You want to have like an outside outside feedback. And I think that's, that's always great in order to get like a full picture and things that if you miss it on your plate or something, or even too, when you were helping with the clients, like some things that they don't see right in front of them, but then you see from, from an outside perspective. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you have to just being a really motivational person uh, in the business and just in general too, with your own podcast, do you have any like favorite books or even like podcasts, that you'd like to share with our with our audience, like that you'd recommend yeah. to listen to or read? Yeah, one of my favorite books for the women listening is Secrets of Six Figure Women. It's something that I return to probably at least once a year. Um, there's a lot of tips and good tips in there if you're not a woman, but I think we just often have certain challenges that can be difficult. Some of my favorite podcasts to listen to are the classics. I feel like a lot of people listen to them. I love business-wise. I love how I built this. I also really enjoy, oh, now I'm blinking on the name of the podcast. It's by the guy who founded LinkedIn. Oh, Master the Scale is another good one. Mm-hmm. Girlboss Radio has some good podcast episodes. And there's another podcast called Second Life Podcast that I really like because it interviews these entrepreneurs who have made it pretty substantial pivots in their career to build the companies that they have and it's just a good reminder that like success isn't linear just because you didn't study something or you're not trained in something doesn't mean that you can like that you can't build a company so those are those are the ones for me mm-hmm. those are really great We'll list those in our show notes for today's episode. Taylor, we talked a lot about your daily schedule, daily grind. What's what's on your grind in the upcoming weeks or um, later this year? Yeah, so I recently launched pre-orders for Inner Workouts online class series. And so that's been a big thing is trying to launch that, that the classes actually go live on January 1st. And then I have some fun partnerships planned in January, Q1 in general for inner workout. So we're doing behind the scenes work to get those things up and running. And I can't fully share about them yet, but mm-hmm. in Chicago, there'll be more opportunities to take classes live. And then I also will be bringing inner workout to the Altitude Summit Conference in Palm Springs in March. Ooh, nice. Nice and sunny <laughs> and warm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any exciting travel plans for holidays coming up? Or you're you're from Chicago originally? Yeah, I grew up in the Chicago area. It's 
my husband and I, we switch off. Both of our families are in Chicago, but we switch off for the holidays. So I'm here to spend time with his family, and we'll just be in the suburbs enjoying his family, probably watching some movies and just having some fun and chilling. Much-needed mm-hmm. relaxation. Yes, relaxation, family time. Yeah, it was crazy today. It actually snowed for a little bit. We'll see if we actually get snow uh, once it comes up, when the hollies come up in a few weeks, or snow that sticks. Our, yeah. Yeah. Our listeners out there, do you have a word of the day to, to motivate them on their own daily grind? Yeah, one of the quotes my aunt used to tell me all the time that stuff like me is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Very nice. Like it. Motivation. Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, too, as we're nearing the end of our podcast, for our listeners, if they have questions or comments or want to reach out to you after our episode today, how can they do so? Yeah, I am on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y and then Y-O-Y-O-S-E. So at Taylor Elise Morrison always welcome to DM me and things like that. Inner Workout is on Instagram at Inner Workout and then the Inner Workout website is innerworkout.co. Perfect. Once again, too, I will put um, Taylor's contact info in our show notes for today. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in today's episode. Thank you, Taylor, for coming onto our show. When it comes to sharing our story with you and ways to follow the daily grind, our website is www.kjfwi.org slash the daily grind hyphenated. Uh, listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, check out all of our episodes and leave us a review. Questions and comments, hit me up on Twitter, uh, tweet at, at Kelly J Lefty, and finally Instagram me at the same uh, handle as well. Until next time, thanks again and have a great day.